This episode of the Kick Knowledge Podcast is powered by rapanalysis.com. Hi, you're listening to the Kick Knowledge Podcast. My name is Steven. And I'm Zach. And we're two white boys who love talking about hip hop. And I'm Martin. And you're Martin, yeah. It's Martin. <laughs> Martin, what's up, that man? That was weird ass yeah. intro, but that was it. No, go. it was great. It was great intro. Hey, man, Martin, how are you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it's it's good to have you on. Um, it's been a while since we recorded with the three of us. I know. Of course, uh, yeah. you've turned from just a friend of the show to a collaborator on the show. Um, through rap analysis, of course. Mm. And um, yeah, it's our aim to regularly have you on uh, to see what's going on with rap analysis, what's going on with your work, um, because it, it seems to me as if you're publishing a book every other week or something. So um, <laughs> yeah, that's the goal. The old, uh, yeah, yeah, the old Lil Wayne in 2009, I think it was, released yeah. an average of one song a day and, or one song a week. And that's, that's just what I'm going for. That kind of grind. That's, so uh, we'll see. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I guess there's a bunch of stuff to talk about, but, um, I don't know, Zach, do you think we should start with, his latest book with Martin's latest book that yeah, he's yeah. worked on? Jesus, yeah. Talk about Jesus, that, yeah. the Jesus book. Martin, tell, tell us something Jesus about book. it. Yeah, of course, right? So, you know, fifth anniversary, right? Because I guess it was released, the original Jesus album was released in 2013 yeah. on, um, God, I guess it's June 18th at this point or June 13th. Um, it was the day that Ju- uh, J. Cole released Born Sinner. That's what I remember. <laughs> was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we'll do a book on uh, him sometime. Because the um, I did it with uh, the Watch the Throne podcast guys, who I know you guys also have scheduled to be coming on here. Yes, hopefully uh, very sometime soon. Yeah, very soon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You guys got some great guests lined up. I mean, a whole lot of professors, you know, from Indiana, uh, hopefully some from Denver, maybe one uh, that went to Harvard. So yeah, I'm excited. And Harry Allen too, of course. So throw those in with the Watch the Throne guys. Maybe Justin Hunt, the old Hip Hop DX editor. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah you yeah. guys got some good shows coming up. Yeah, I mean it's it's exciting. The sort of second season of Cake Knowledge is looking pretty good. Exactly. Uh, yeah. 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 No, no sophomore slump. Yeah, this yeah. I think this is episode 24. Yeah, we're almost 25. Right we're almost there. So, uh, 25. Uh, Not bad. It's like a what, are we, what are we doing for the hundredth? That's what I want to know. Mm. Well, let's let's get to 25 first. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Hey man, depending but, on how this podcast goes, we could get, you know. get into a serious fight or something and yeah, <laughs> not true. even make it to 25. Um, but yeah, so you uh, so you work with um, the Watch of Throne guys and. Yeah. Um, um the most unruly right last name redacted uh, <laughs> yeah so so don was on it too so it was a great uh concept i thought because we all had our own certain sections of the yeezus 
phenomenon that we covered and could just really go in deep on. So the, you know, Chris and Travis from Watch the Throne um, that I was on a few months ago, too. They've got a great show. Mm. Uh, uh, You know, they just cover one Kanye song, a show almost, and just go through it. And so we, you know, they got at me and they were like, we love your music stuff. Could you write about the structure and the beats and his use of the human voice on the album for our book, you know, cause that's what I did that Vox video on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Kanye's use of the human voice with, uh, um, Estelle cat, Estelle Caswell, who I found out that series actually got nominated for an Emmy. Uh, oh, which wow. is Yeah. Pretty crazy. That is so crazy. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully there's that's, a third season of earworm coming out. What's the um, category? Which he, um, uh, I think it's like online video journalism. Oh, that is so. I, I didn't think even know that form. was a thing. That's great. I know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are like uh, a few categories now. And, you know, thankfully the Emmys have kept pace with the Internet's output in terms of video and stuff. Nice. Uh, but, yeah, she's actually working on an awesome Netflix series called Explain uh, that you guys have That's probably right. seen. A- yeah, yeah. Advertisements uh-huh. for uh, when you log on and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so the Yeezus book, you know, so I did the music, Chris and Trav did the narrative, the lyrics, and then Don actually covered the Yeezus tour uh, and shows at the Hollywood Bowl and stuff, which was Mm. awesome. Because, you know, a lot of us have seen the pictures, him being carried by people, the Yeezus pyramid or or, or whatever it is. Um, (laughs) But yeah, just so much stuff to find out there, you know, because he takes such a strong hand in how those things get scripted, the concerts. Uh, and directed to so yeah just a you know a classic track by track breakdown where we really got into some stuff there awesome nice cool awesome well i'm looking forward to it yeah yeah so, so we had um it was a few and, and i gotta ask where does jesus sit in your guys you know top to bottom that's funny i was gonna ask kind. you that question but uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i talked about this before but like I don't know, it's, gr- like, when it first came out, I was like, this is garbage. Like, I just hated it. Oh, for real? Like, because yeah. I was very much that, whole, like, college dropout, you know, oh, late, late registration, registration graduate. That's, yeah. like, that. those first three were just yeah. like, oh, yeah. you know, the those trilogy. were, like, amazing to me. And then mm-hmm. Dark or Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy came out, and it was kind of this, like, I don't know, I was a different Kanye fan back then. And I feel oh, like it's certain aspects of that album certainly of Jesus I mean has definitely grown on me in terms of like the production there's some like lyrics that I can't get past because I just think they're stupid but I'll keep like, it 300 like the Romans yeah like the Romans yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just so but, funny uh, that you mentioned that yeah but um I don't know I don't like at it's the end of the day I'm like it's, yeah, it's good it's good yeah like how about, how about you Steve mm. Alright, so My Beautiful Dark Twist of Fantasy is my number one Kanye album. Uh-huh. Like, without any, without question. Um, mm-hmm. Really? And, Head and shoulders above? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the one that is just has such an impact on me. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, in part, that is because of how good it is. And then, secondly, I guess it came out in 2010. When I was uh, 19 or something, which is Just, like, uh, I feel like it's like this, yeah. this perfect age of finding one of your favorite records. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and it just like, I remember thinking, like being surprised at, at first after the Good Friday series where a lot of mm-hmm. the tracks like, um, 
um, Monster, stuff like that, were already mm-hmm. released, right? And I was like, I'm looking at the track list for, for the final album, feeling kind of disappointed at first, thinking, ah, but I kind of already know half these songs by now, mm-hmm. right? Like Power, we know Power, and All the Lights was leaked like a dozen times. I remember hearing a version oh, with yeah, uh, yeah. Drake on it. Um, terrible Drake verse. But I don't know. Um, it's it's good that he took that one off. And 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 Runaway was out there already, I think. And and all these songs, like I already knew them, and I thought, oh, my beautiful dark Swiss fantasy is gonna be a bit disappointing now. But then I played the album, and even though I knew more than half of it already it just blew my mind like it felt like i heard those songs again so for me when yeezus came um what is it three years after but it felt yeah then you had watch the throne uh the jay kanye album in the middle and um it i don't know it felt like it was such a solid album but i i what i loved about kanye was his perfectionism like i love kanye yeah. doing 80 83 remixes of stronger in order to get it right like, yeah that's the yeah kanye you told I, me that I yeah grew up to love, well, love well, right and then or the 50 different versions of all of the lights that are out there yeah. somewhere and then jesus was like oh man it has perfectionism on it yeah but but jesus like if he there's this documentary i don't remember what it was uh-huh. or this video item where they interviewed rick rubin i think uh, who yeah. executive produced the album, or at least he produced the album parts of it, and um, and 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 Rick Rubin saying like the day before the deadline, Kanye was still like humming lyrics and hadn't finished the lyrics mm. yet, and just sort of freestyled them in like the day of the of the deadline. Uh, okay, and like I feel like you can can hear that um, at times, like like Zach mentioned the some of the cringy lyrics in there that are just wrong, mm. you know, like. And um, yeah. and nothing like that. There is nothing of of the um, um, reality is catching up with me. Um, taking my inner child and right. fighting for it custody with these responsibilities that they entrusted me as I look down as in my diamond and crust the piece. Like yeah, that. Yeah. That was such a great like Kanye rapping on uh, Dark Fantasy was so amazing. And mm-hmm. then on Yeezus, I felt like he he sort of. Did a 180 from that in a way and even though i right, loved yeah. that record um for how experimental it was it didn't have the same impact on me as dark fantasy did or as 808s or graduation or uh college dropout into a yeah that, that's a good point I, yeah it, it's hard to it, it's you know before we dig into a little bit i guess of maybe how i felt about yeezus before the book and how i felt about yeezus after it mm, yeah. it it, w- it would do well because i agree with that like it's hard to imagine anyone who would listen to yeezus and find it um of course people find it personally meaningful but it won't ever be reflective of quote unquote a normal person's life <laughs> like yeah. college college dropout would be late registration stuff like that yeah uh you know because he's talking about being famous he's talking about celebrity being too rich yeah. being have, having too many uh girlfriends whatever you want to say uh and he yeah so so i'll definitely give you that but and you know you referenced the experimental and because you guys kind of know me and maybe your listeners too that i always am gonna try and go for the 
far side of the envelope. Yeah. Let's see. You know, like, like, don't get me wrong. College dropout is amazing, but I don't want him to make college dropout over and over. And I know that's no, not what not. you guys yeah. are saying either. Mm. Um, so I guess about Yeezus, what really hit me was actually you brought his name up and it's great. Uh, Rick Rubin's contribution uh, in terms of, yeah, and exactly yeah. in terms of mixing and then even in terms of, yeah, minimalism, which, you know, is especially such a fraught word. And Zach kind of knows this from its application and, uh, you know, in classical music, too, oh, yeah. Beca- because it does feel odd to call minimalist an album that is so loud, <laughs> that is so frenetic, that is so energetic. Yeah. Right. So mm. it's maybe more like reduction. Uh, reduction. Yeah, uh, sure. Take but, out everything that you don't need yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's what they said. Uh, you know, because I can imagine a way in which a song like On Sight actually, you know, it opens the album, how you could easily turn it into a uh, My Beautiful Dark track, right? Like yeah. you add more things, you add a piano, you yeah. have another vocoder outro uh, solo. Um, and so go- going through the record, though, you know, I had the same concerns as you guys before I started writing the book. But then after writing it, um, I would say, you know, it's always hard to rank Yeezus out or Kanye albums because Mm -hmm. all of them are so amazing. So rather than tell you that I liked beforehand, I liked, uh, let's just say, uh, Yeezus less than My Beautiful Dark. And after I liked Yeezus more, rather than tell you that, I will say that I like Yeezus more than other people's albums that I didn't think I did, you know, because comparing Kanye to Kanye is a little hard. So let's yeah. just say <laughs> that Yeezus moved ahead of, I don't know, yeah, maybe Purple Haze by Cameron, uh, which came up before. Because what I really, <laughs> you know, y- you know, if you just assume that he gets bored like anyone would and he wants to do something new and you sort of take the album on its own you get to some really interesting places so like blood on the leaves is a great example of that you know because we all know that famous sample uh the nina simone one with strange fruit right but it what struck me is just how reworked the sample is and not necessarily Mm. remixed or um anything like that but how it got recontextualized because actually when i looked it up it turned out that he i assumed that nina simone first off i assumed that an old woman was singing it then when i found out that nina simone sang it i assumed that it was a recording like one of the last recordings she ever did before she died because her voice in the sample on blood on the leaves is really fragile right Mm -hmm. it's a little scratchy Mm -hmm. it's high and that's that's how people's voices change when they get older right Mm -hmm. but then i found out i dug in deeper and actually he pitched the whole sample up so that's not the original key Mm -hmm. Uh, which is really interesting but he didn't do it like he pitches vocals on through the wire yeah, right it's not that. the chip yeah, no. it, it's not the chipmunk sound no. right Be- mm. because it, it still sounds human so yeah. rather you know maybe through the wire is probably like uh, maybe a, a perfect fifth or something like that here it's only pitched up enough so that her voice sounds old because she did it when she was still in the prime of her life she sang mm-hmm. that song but he wanted to add 
to, to computerize it to add this sort of fragility to her voice. And this mm. is just the beginning yeah. of the story. Yeah. So I, th- I think it was like a minor third up. But, yo, that sample is 17 seconds long front to back mm. because when i heard it i assumed that he added the piano in um mm. you know because he does that on other things uh like i wonder from graduation uh yeah. but actually that piano is in the original one so at this point it's almost like kanye is collaborating with the people he samples rather than you know quote unquote just sampling them right yeah. Because 17 seconds, you know, you think of a song that's three minutes long. You can only play that sample 12 times back to back. Like how many times? Track live. Seventeen. Well, well, it's a good chunk of good chunk of money. Uh, but good, kind of, so. good chunk of change. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's fine. Uh, someone else pays that, I assume. Um, <laughs> so, so just when you start to dig into it like that, and you know, he picked a certain rendition. Uh, then he pitched it up carefully, and then he um, flipped the beat, I guess, so much. Uh, it's just really interesting that almost it should have been like Blood on the Leaves featuring Nina Simone, which he had done before um, with, with actually the song uh, uh, from Graduation that I just mentioned. Uh, and so his treatment of samples all over the album is really, really way mm. more involved and in-depth, which is mm. why it's so disingenuous when people are like, oh, they just rap over other people's recordings. Like, well, sometimes, yeah, but most of the time, you know, they're, they're putting it through this really interesting treatment. Yeah, that's true. Um, I agree. Well, since we're just talking about Kanye albums, like, even to this day, Graduation is just, like, my favorite Kanye album, and for some mm. reason there's this consensus that's a, through some groups of fans that that's, like, his worst album. And I don't understand why, like, because I like it the most. Because I think the most Glover yeah. uh, like it. likes it the best too. Uh, so you're in good comp- uh, company. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, who does Donald Glover? Yeah, Charles Gambino. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, it's funny because Graduation probably is my least favorite. But again, like, by any stretch of the imagination, is it bad? No, it's just like to me, it's probably like a B plus, not an A. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah. Wait, so graduation is worse than yay? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I have not put yay into the rankings yet. I mean, <laughs> that's I, fair. I, I, that's fair. I, I, yeah. I mean, because that was the thing about graduation, why it uh, actually is probably better than late registration to me, is because graduation is clearly like a halfway point between college dropout and my beautiful dark twisted fantasy you know he's got more sense on it and i talk about this in the book uh he's got more sense on it still sold samples obviously but you mm-hmm. can tell that he's looking for this new sound uh to try and uh consolidate it so you have like the orchestra on uh flashing lights and you know those strings are all over um uh, you know they're on runway runaway on my beautiful dark uh but then you still have untouched soul samples like everything i am with common or no no when he's like common passed on this beat i turn it to a jam uh yeah yeah everything i am yeah (laughs) yeah and and so that's just like a college dropout track and we know that because he actually wraps a verse on there that is from the freshman adjustment series so that's pre-college dropout that he's holding on to verses you know because even the verse from home on graduation uh, hey Hey mama on late registration he had that on a mixtape in oh yeah yeah exactly adjustment i think yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just amazed that, you know, graduation, he's sitting on versus for six years because he does it with home, too. And yeah. the Chris Martin, you know, that verse is called homecoming. My Way, yeah, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in Homecoming, exactly. In pre uh, freshman adjustment series. So, you know, that's why people like us love to and talk the, about uh, Kanye so and, much. And he's uh, with the Def Jam uh, poetry stuff. He did uh, All Falls mm. Down before it was All that's Falls right. Down. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he couldn't get the, uh, I guess, he got rights to an interpolation, but not to a sample. So that's why Selena Johnson yeah, that's, um, that too. Yeah. sings it. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, it's from the Lauryn Hill Unplugged. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so as far as how I changed before and after the book, I do have, you know, I always loved Jesus. I do have more respect for it because I, you know, just how we talked about graduation was halfway between college dropout of My Beautiful Dark. Yeah. I think Jesus is actually halfway between uh, My Beautiful Dark and Life of Pablo. You know, like super extended, fractured song structures. I found out doing this book that he really likes the two-verse structure on Yeezus because it allows him to say more things in a shorter amount of time because it usually means you remove a chorus. So you still get that minimalist feel, but he can still tell you everything he wants, Mm. you know? So I think like six of the ten songs have uh, something like that. Um, so that's a definite theme throughout the album. He really does seem to see, uh, unaccompanied synths as, um, like almost like a, a symbol of something, you know, cause it starts on site. It starts guilt trip. Uh, yeah. and you know, yeah. yeah, I'm talking about, yeah, like a keyboard or something just with the distortion overdriving, uh, crazy chorus effect on it or something. So, you know, when you count all of those up, you count the number of beat flips, like in bound to, uh, the beat flip at the end of, I'm in it, I guess, where he's mm-hmm. sort of, you know, uh, it's not off the top, but it's a freestyle, um, and stuff like that. I guess what I came away with was just sort of like you show all these you see all of these things show up later on in Life of Pablo. And it's not really that I never took Yeezus seriously. It's just that like I kind of missed it in between in between an album like My yeah. Beautiful Dark and um I guess Life of Pablo was the next one, right? Yeah. yeah. Um which I absolutely love, as you guys know. As you're too familiar with. Uh, it's probably my favorite one. Uh, if yay, yeah, I still have not slotted yay into any of these. So that's, I think that's fair. Cause like yeah. these albums need to grow on you or mm. at least genuinely, gen- generally speaking, I guess for, for Kanye albums, you, you need a little bit of time to, um, process. Oh yeah. Cause, their- cause my beautiful dark took me a while even. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause like I, I will say about Yay, I know you guys did that great uh, review of all the albums. <laughs> you re- well, I guess three of them because the other two hadn't been out yet. Yeah. Um, but Yay, like like the, what what's the first one? The first song. Uh, I thought about killing. I you. thought about. Is that what it's called? Okay. Yeah. Um, here's like my tentative position. I guess you could say it's that. Look clearly. As we've been saying, he sort of tests out sounds and he uses certain albums as bridges from one sound to the next. And I think Ye might be that kind of album because while, you know, I don't put on Thought About Killing You as a GD banger when I'm trying to get pumped up, I can imagine (laughs) how it would inform whatever sound he decides to come out with next. Like something that immediate 
something that it's almost like a uh, uh, like a vine that he sent you the album is or like a snapchat or something <laughs> yeah. uh and because I, I you know like you're saying you love the perfectionist kanye and yeah he is awesome but like this was clearly kanye who walked into the booth came up with a line he liked and then sort of riffed on it right yeah. and he, he does this all the time he's like oh i'm about to go to this show he, he's like oh or the madison square garden i guess that's from life of pablo um, and yeah, and, and one yeah, of the albums, hours, I don't think it's, yeah. the Madison Square, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm just interested like to see if he could combine that sort of immediacy and energy mm. and instantaneousness with what, like the, uh, arrangements of my beautiful dark, uh, yeah. you know, cause that would really hit you in your goddamn sternum. Right. <laughs> um so yeah so we'll see you know i mean he does have his better songs on there um uh the one with ty dollar sign i love um so yeah i still figuring it out i guess is the uh the final position yeah i i don't know like his collaborative albums we tend to not rank watch a throne in that or no i guess i don't not. think you can yeah the the cuddy the kitsy ghost album was very mm. good like, yeah, yeah. Like real. in terms of um, him rapping, it was way better. And t- to me, like f- sort of. Yeah, I and like that, both. I thought he was a better sorry, rapper, yeah. and it was more for just, real. Yeah. That, yeah, and and the sort of yeah, sample yeah. choice was more original, but it just mm-hmm. it had this sort of this vibe of beautiful dark twisted fantasy era, but mm. then it felt updated or it felt new to me, um, mm-hmm. still and innovative. So. I like that one far better, um, and I haven't ben, really given Ye a chance anymore. Like the past month, I don't think I've played it. So, yeah, I guess I'll I'll do that later tonight or something. I'd say, but, um, yeah. yeah, like on Kitsy Ghost and on the new Nas album, like mm. Kanye's got some of the best verses he's had in years. Like, yeah. like mm. I was blown away. Like especially on his verse on uh, Cop Shot the Kid. Yeah, on Nas, I was like, where's this band? Oh. Oh, he he outraps Nas, man. And you can tell. You can tell because it's just the simple, it's the bounce of the the backing beat that Kanye really nails. And Nas still wants that straight up and down boom bap shit. And Kanye's like, no, man, it doesn't matter how long your rhymes are, only if you vibe to the beat. You know, because he just, he sort of bounces off it. Uh, What's his first line? Something about the timeline. And mm-hmm. he just he just bounces off that final beat of the bar so yeah. nicely. You're like, oh, that's what uh, I don't mean to take your name in vain, Nas, but like that's what Nas was trying to do, you know? Because you really, it's just like, yeah, rhyme timeline with Lifeline. Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it it just works because it's part of Kanye's. Um, uh, image, I guess, uh, was the final takeaway for me. And plus, I love. And, you know, here's another great example of how his sampling has changed, like I was just saying on Yeezus, because Cop Shot the Kid, you know, yeah, it's from the children's story, Slick Rick, but he didn't get an acapella version of it, and he didn't pull out the, um, you know, he didn't go to the original recording or the tracks or the stems and pull those out either. The original arrangement is actually in the new Kanye song. He just chopped it up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, which is so cool because Cop Shot the Kid, like, 
I think, if I'm not wrong, one, two, it's... It'd be funny to do, like, a beat remake thing of that, and you're just, yeah. like, cop shot, the, cop shot, the, like, you're just hitting yeah, yeah. one pad that, over and over again. That's it. what the beat is, though. Cop shot, the kid, the cop shot, the cop yeah. shot, the kid, the cop shot, the kid. Because the original... No, and it has that Richard Pryor sample, too, the, like, the screen, yeah. which, it's, like, when you go to the oh, original yeah, yeah, Richard yeah. Pryor, so it's brilliant how he uses that. Like, yeah, yeah. Because it goes from this, like, comedic thing to this, like, like really like creepy sounding yeah like dramatic scream put your hands up black boy but, but the the original sample he takes is just so not given to sampling i guess is what i feel oh like yeah you have to you have to build the song around it not that it's a bad sample but like if you decide to sample another rapper from a super famous song from a super different time and uh style then like you really got to build the rest of that song around that track so he doubles the bass kick and stuff like that uh but yeah it's just and that feel like cop you know because cop is accented in sort of um a weird place i think true, so it gives yeah. you th this like bouncy feel that kanye rides perfectly yeah. and nas is still a little caught up in uh well to yeah, be honest yeah. i feel like nas had lyrics written to different beats and, and then it was, like, was just and like and this and, is and it. then yeah. kanye calls him it's like yo nas come to fly to wyoming let's do it and an he's album. like okay and yeah. nas is like Sure, man. I've got a couple. I've got a couple verses lying around. Yeah, and I, I really no, got but, that feel. Yeah. I was disappointed with that album because, you know, like like the the lineup of Nas produced by Kanye that sounds amazing. Exactly, and it I, I really wasn't amazing. It, yeah. it was just it was good, but then good, certain, okay to some, pretty good. Some, yeah, some tracks weren't that good, and no, it, it deserved better. I, I guess yeah, that's why we yeah. were negative. I guess that's also why in our review we were kind of negative about um, Yay. Because I felt like mm. that record deserved to be better. But especially if you looked at Daytona and uh, Kids See Ghosts. In my yeah, opinion. Yeah. I guess it's just hard. I never compare Kanye's collaboration albums to Kanye's uh, um, solo albums. Because oh, yeah. you can tell he only plays roulette with his own artistic credit. You know, yeah. so like Watch the Throne was great, but like it wasn't anything as crazy as Yeezus or even My Beautiful Dark. So I think he really does approach those albums fundamentally different. And he's like, oh, well, I'm with Kate Cuddy's audience now. I got to give them what they want. We got to throw in some uh, organs and stuff like that. Not, th You know, I love that album. Uh, it might be the most easily uh, enjoyed out of all five so far. Yeah. Uh, but like with Ye, Kanye's like, well, shit, everyone is always going to love me. So, I'll, you know, if I just want to step into the booth and just talk for a while, then I'll do that too. Because he actually does the same thing with uh, pitch shifting on thought about killing you that he did with blood on the leaves you know he's got those yeah. weird and maybe zach you've measured them or you can just tell but he'll pitch it up a little bit maybe just uh, uh a minor second yeah. a major second then he'll do it back yeah. down and then when the beat comes in i do really like that moment and you know for, for me the that's whole also a thing that kendrick does a lot um mm. and a bunch of other artists do that a lot right i felt like sometimes and Admittedly, like I have to let that album sink in a little bit before I can rank it properly and stuff like that. But yeah, I felt like for the first time and I already had that feeling a little bit with Pablo. I felt like mm. um, Kanye wasn't ahead of the curve anymore. Like he wasn't. 
I, like he, oh right okay I felt like we've he had was this more disagreeing the way yeah. than sort of oh, saying this what is wave? the wave what wave is releasing a 52 second song with only 73 unique words and i love kanye man well Con- oh, okay i love kanye is wait are we talking about life of pablo now I, I think we're talking about everything, Zach. Oh, <laughs> it's it's the can of worms. Yes, well, I love. I'm I'm not saying there isn't great work on there. I yeah. love Kanye is fantastic. It's one of my favorite things he's ever done. But just as a, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to to. I, I guess that's a, a thing that that's like characteristic of a Kanye album. It's even a few years after he comes out, it's hard to. <laughs> like analyze it completely or I guess that's mm. what happened when you started working on the Yeezus book as well. Um, exactly. Yeah. It does take a while, but, but no, the book was a long time coming. So it's on kingshoppress.com. Uh, so go check that out. Um, yes. uh, awesome coffee table book. But I think, you know, cause me and you have had this disagreement before actually Steve. <laughs> Every so, episode, t- man. Every yeah, episode. Pretty, pretty much. So they're used to it. Uh, they're fast forwarding now. But the, um, no, right, yeah, because my thing with Life of Pablo was, I I guess my stance on Life of Pablo is that he is actually so far ahead of the times that it (laughs) seems like he's behind the times. Uh, And no one can kind of keep up with him. Or maybe they just don't have the market pull to release a song where you're just talking and then stay famous, you know? Yeah. but yeah, because I just think about, like, thought about killing you. Like, what if I made a song like that, where I just put a beat on, and then I just talked about literally what was happening at that moment, uh, and just released that. But then think about, like, what if every single amateur SoundCloud rapper did that, too? Um, well, Triple, it, Triple X Tentacion kind of did that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 And yeah, he did it a so, year before Kanye. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, what, yeah, I guess I, that's I what I'm saying. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I have to plead ignorance. I don't know X's stuff too much. Neither do I know how to say his name properly. Uh, but <laughs> I just say he, XXX, uh, but... Yeah, yeah. Triple X, I'm not sure. He, um... No, I can see that. Yeah, we really need the next album, which, like... Because I thought an interesting aspect of Kanye's project was that he released five albums yeah. of seven tracks each so you might look at it and be like 35 album or 35 songs why don't you do 17 and 18 to albums right but or because he also didn't do eps right he didn't release let's say nine four song eps which is the expected thing so i think a really cool thing about this summer of kanye is that he's also trying to find sort of a new format to release uh music in Mm -hmm. but still make money because you know yeah we know merchandising selling t-shirts is where artists get a lot of their money touring but now kanye is sort of pushing back against the single thing because they don't make money off singles you know streaming you get a fraction of a fraction of a cent every time mm. right and no, and no one buys albums so i thought it was an interesting thing to be like well maybe, maybe 10 songs is too long and maybe four songs is too short to make money off of but like what if i gave Let's these people seven. seven songs yeah yeah so it'll be interesting it's weird to talk about business affecting the music of it so directly, but I'm interested to know if like, you know, maybe Jay-Z releases a seven album song, Drake, any of those dudes to be like, well, maybe if we just cut it down to the absolute essentials, sold seven album songs for five bucks, 
Can we actually albums, yeah. Yeah. yeah, make money uh, that way. <laughs> Drake um, was like, fuck you, I'm doing a 25. <laughs> 25. Yeah, this whole yeah. like, trend of like uh, sample trolling, some people call it, where it's, or not sample trolling, uh, stream trolling. Stream trolling, yeah. Where it's, Wh- you know, that? you put as many tracks as you possibly can on your album, that way it makes as much, you know, revenue for, through streaming. Why, because like, people just Migos, keep playing it? Migos, yeah, has been yeah. doing it. Like, Chris there's Brown a lot of like, Culture that. 2, yeah. Chris Brown, yeah. Chris Brown, Chris Brown on a three-hour long record, yeah. Wait, why? Cause, so then people listen to the whole thing? Yeah, because like yeah. even like oh, it'll just I guess make that makes you sense. more money because you have more tracks that are yeah. being played. So, yeah. I don't know, man. I guess I just expect more out of people <laughs> than to be like, I'm going to listen to this shit once and that's cool. Uh, yeah, um, I didn't realize that was uh, uh, a movement or a stream. Yeah, I, I never heard that phrase before. That's interesting, though. Yeah, it's kind of – and it's, it's, it's negatively affects – the artist because it's like sure it makes them more money but then like half these songs are garbage like yeah usually <laughs> you'd, cut those, like, you'd cut those 10 10 of those 25 tracks you'd cut them yeah mm-hmm. honestly if, exactly. if on scorpion if drake had cut like the 10 worst tracks on that record it'd be a, like there's some tracks yeah, of that, it would that's be what is annoying about it too good. yeah is that like i can see a really good album in this yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. I see like the outline of a really good album, but it's with all this filler, you know. It's just yeah, ugh, it's annoying. Because like, it's not but, like um, talking about Drake. It's not like he's not do he. People sometimes um, say that Drake is more like a single kind of. <laughs> he's single. No, but he's like more yeah. of like a separate songs and just throw them all on a project and then drop it. Like it's just a collection of songs, right? But. I, I don't really agree because he does a lot of like uh, he does an album intro track and on uh, nothing was the same there were these transitions between the tracks and take care mm. had these themes going through it um so I don't I don't necessarily agree with that but on on this one Drake should have like honestly I think if Drake cut the ten worst tracks like the ratchet happy birthday and songs like those and mm. then um. Fine, yeah, sure. Keep uh, keep the Kiki uh, in my feelings song. Keep it on there, but also nice for what and God's plan and and all those songs on there. Um, it would have been a undeniably good album, right? And now it's very easy to sort of. And I also feel like I do really like the Kanye concept. I do really, I really liked having these sort of twenty something minute records. Come out every Friday mm-hmm. or Saturday, or sort of. Thing. Yeah, that would be. And dope. Sort yeah. of, I I liked it. I I liked how easy it was to um, play them over and over again and grasp sort of the album as a whole. Yeah. In a way, I, I don't know. This is sort I, of. I, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I actually. I, I thought they weren't, I wanted more, you know, so it's funny because, yeah, you heard it and you were like, this is great, you know, it's bite-sized, let's call it, I can get it all at once. But I just thought, like, if Ye had maybe five more songs, do now we understand better what he's trying to get at? You know what I mean? Like, what else would those other five songs look like? Mm. Because, I don't know, on Yeezus, it really did take until Bound 2 for me to be like, oh, oh like, yeah. That's what's tying these things together. The yeah. song structure, the unexpected samples uh, from different genres, the crazy beat flips where you don't even try yeah. to make them work together. Um, you know, and even Life of Pablo, like it was cut, really, like, yeah, yeah it, even Life of Pablo, it's like it took until waves because I would encourage everyone here 
to take the entire Life of Pablo album and drop it into any uh, DAW, so like Logic Pro, and then to look at just the waveform and see how the volume and compression changes over the album. Because you go from Ultra Beat, which actually has a moment of complete silence at yeah. 2 minutes 42 seconds, which, you know, come on, that's pretty crazy. A Kanye album in 2016 lead single uh, with a Grammy-winning rapper on it, well, too, um, has a moment of silence, but then you get to Waves. Yo, that shit is compressed, compressed, compressed. It cannot be compressed anymore. So you kind of see this super obvious arc when you look at it hmm. from Ultralight Beam to Waves, hey, and then, you know... Yeah, what's the? I guess it might be St. Pablo in the Spotify version, um, uh, the final track, I mean. You know, yeah, and then 30 hours. Later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah th 30 hours brings it back down and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I, that's sort of how I felt on the uh, seven track style of it. Because even like Kids See Ghosts, I was like, give me more, you know? Mm -hmm. um, that's so, true. yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. What do you think, Zach? Um, I don't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> Crap. Uh, oh, you were just talking about compression. I just thought that was an interesting way of kind of mm. analyzing. Yeah. When it comes to kind of analyzing, because like through my entire master mm. thesis, that's basically what I did was analyze the waveforms. <laughs> and I think... I know, sure. Looking at it that way, especially when it comes to hip-hop or anything that's like electronically produced in a DAW... Mm. Like that's a better way of it because you're seeing like the texture and like the shape exactly of yeah, the sound, yeah you know like yeah. when you see oh it's more compressed here and then it's less compressed here and then there's silence here like that's yeah and now when I listen to it I know that when that beat comes in it's like boom and Chris mm -hmm. Brown starts talking I'm like oh I don't know if it's the climax of the album it's certainly the high point though. And you can hear actually that everything is louder and surrounding mm. you and that there is no single moment of repose. And then, you know, uh, shortly after that, you get I Love Kanye, which since there's no beat to that, can't possibly compete in terms of compression and loudness yeah. and, no. and density and stuff like that. So it definitely is uh, a great way because I did that with Yeezus, too. And the thing that struck me about Yeezus when you put them all together into a doll is... Um, uh, just how often it sort of fluctuates between, yeah, like these isolated textures of the single opening, um, excuse me, uh, on-site synth, and then like these really super full ones of like, uh, what, what, I Can't Handle My Liquor? Uh, yeah. with Chief Keef on it and oh, stuff yeah. like that. And so then you kind of get to see like where Life of Pablo, some of these sounds might be coming out of silence <clears throat> is how you should hear it on Yeezus. The real thing is that he switches back and forth between the silence and the um, stuff like that uh, and the loudness, you know, because when he goes like, bitch, I'm back at my coma, <laughs> silence. Yeah, yeah. And then when he yells at the end of I am a God, silence. And then he yells again and brings the beat back in. Um, so yeah, you definitely see Kanye playing with these things. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's really awesome to see. What do you think? What What is the meaning of that? Why does he do that? Is it just like, oh, I want to juxtapose loud and, or is there, is there something else in there that I'm missing right no, now? No, I think, you know, that's obviously a great question to ask. Why at all times of these kind of processes? Mm -hmm. um, again, you know, we're never going to arrive at the single answer. I think Kanye does it because he realizes, look, Kanye, and this is where you can sort of bring in Kanye's personal story and his aspects as a personality, the, the most documented ones, 
to understand how he makes music because he is a curious person. He calls himself a lifelong student. He is always learning. It's why he gets he got into architecture. It's why he wants to conquer fashion and all those things because he just wants to always expand the palette of available materials to himself. So those materials started out as rap and then the materials became more soul R&B then more dance hall from Jamaica mm-hmm. um, and then you know literal materials uh, whatever you want to say he's got that line about uh fashion designers asking him to pick cotton on yeezus uh so <laughs> cotton wool polyester whatever you want to say in his clothing and i so to answer your question i think the reason why he does it is because he's come to realize that silence the absence of material is actually yet just another material you can manipulate that's cool you know and so yeah and so that's got a long story tradition um before that in uh other musics um uh japanese music uh classical music and things like that but just seeing its incorporation into a popular culture uh excuse me popular music setting is really fucking mind-blowing because again i i want to say it again a moment of complete silence on a uh, Kanye West album in 2016 uh, nominated for a Grammy lead single Chance and Kanye on it. And it's just that's really what communicated to me yeah. that he understand what he's doing, uh, along with some of his lines about it. You that's know, actually, when he's like when yeah. you're talking about silence, like and use of, of silence, like the use of silence in music is incredibly effective. Yeah. Like just period. And there, oh, there's this uh, YouTube channel. This composer, David Bruce, he's got a really great YouTube channel where he just de- geeks about geeks out about music stuff. Um, and he has this one like video where he talks about like I don't know. If he, he's not really like, criticizing popular music, but he's he's sort of saying like what could make like popular music's lack of the use of silence. I guess that's his main sort of thesis mm-hmm. statement. And he talks about how, like, you know, there's certain, you know, examples that he really likes in classical music where, like, silence is used, like, incredibly effectively. Mm. And now in in popular music that isn't happening as much, whether it's hip-hop or whatever. But then he, like, points out some interesting examples of, in popular music. Like, he talked about the J, uh, J. Dilla track, Stop. Mm. You know, where it's like, I'm going to stop. And think about what to do, and then like, there's a specific instance where it says stop, and then the actual track like goes completely silent. Stops. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And then I I don't know if he mentioned that Kanye track. He mentioned some a couple other really great examples, like hip hop and in other ways, but. Yeah, that yeah. just made me think of that. Like, it was a really good video. But it's interesting because um, in uh, in live shows, pretty much, I, I want to say like eighty percent of the shows I've ever seen live, um, maybe a hundred, uh, like artists cut out the beat for a second, you know, and, think, to, and then the moment it kicks mm-hmm. back in is like this big moment in the audience, like for the audience, you know, it's like yeah, like, mm. and um, I feel like. It's weird that it's not in the recorded versions of the music as much when on a on a state on stage artists are aware of the fact that audiences like this. Yeah. Like they like the anticipation be, of, yeah. of silence and mm-hmm. the anticipation, I mean, of, of, of the noise coming back in. So this is just speculation, yeah. but it might be like, I don't know, a leftover from like 
radio play, you know, yeah. like if a DJ's playing something on the radio, they don't want something with like five seconds of silence. Like yeah. you want to like have a song that is entirely a song and there's no, yeah. and people are going to get confused that there's, yeah. 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 I guess it's like, there are different kinds of silence. So I almost wish we had like seven or eight words that describe the absence of sound, but <laughs> then we're different based on the function of that sound. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, let's say like silence one is uh, rests in music, let's say, right? Where it's completely, you're still in time with the rhythm. So it's a quarter beat uh, of complete silence, you know? Yeah. And that's one kind of silence. And you know, that's really great uh, for these things like beat drops. Uh, and stuff like that pumping up the crowd but then the silences that are you would say expressive and not in time to the beat are just as interesting to me you know because along with um the examples we've talked about so far i'm not i'm actually not sure if i am a god if that break between his two screams is timed or not to the meter but i know that kendrick lamar uh the song he did with uh mc8 no, what's that dude's name? Yeah, MCA, right? From yeah. Compton's Most Wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, From Good Kid, Mad City. Mad City. I guess it's just yeah. called Mad City. Yeah, when the beat flips, that's actually an untimed amount of silence, you know, where it goes quiet, or excuse me, he raps, he ends, there's the radio distortion, uh, and then the beat comes back in. Right. Is actually, yeah. yeah, I tried to, you know, because I'm like, ah, oh, well, shit, just tap tempo it, figure out the BPM, drop it into logic, boom, analyzed, yeah. or I guess you would say notated. Um, but I had to move it around and change the tempo a little bit because it was untimed, right? And so it was just this weird sort of, you know, uh, who's the producer for that? Absol, maybe? Um, uh, it was just sure. like something you felt, maybe. Or he was feeling it, and that's really what got it his length because it's not, you know, quarter notes. It's not eighth notes. Uh, and I had to decide when the beat comes in. I had to use, like, the reverb of the previous song in order to shift the next one and it was i like well do i want it on one do i want it on two because kanye does this at the start of runaway too right oh, yeah. you know that uh that piano stab that starts it off is actually on the third one yes. uh third beat but i couldn't figure that out until i took uh the bridge and set that that i realized like oh so he uses silence but since you that's a, that's a good example actually yeah yeah, yeah. It's at the yeah, beginning so Exactly. And so you can't since tell. The, yeah, yeah, that's a good, yeah. That's a good example. Since there is no one and two, it might be timed, but you don't will you never don't know, know yet, that yeah. it's timed. Yeah. Uh, so that's a really effective technique too. Uh, so yeah, again, man, you know, I've, we've just talked about silence from Life of Pablo to Jesus to My Beautiful Dark, and that is why Kanye is so much fun to talk about, you know, along with Radiohead, because they have a really clear evolution. Beatles have a pretty uh, clear evolution. And so that's actually what my first article in the book talked about is a little bit is why uh, people like to talk about Kanye so much. Yeah. But then second about how he um, what did I call it? it my thing was uh, I think the title of it was opposites attract and like hybridity as uh, as unity on Jesus. And that's what he does is he gives you these juxtaposed parts, never reconciles them or moderates their uh, juxtaposition and then sort of throws it at you and is like, well, this is what it is. There's no, you know, no compromise or anything like that. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, just digging through it was really a mind blow. I hope we come out with one on College Dropout next year because that will be its 15th. Yeah, Ooh, 2004, yeah. right? So, yeah, uh, yeah that will be yeah. awesome to do too.
Yeah, and we could talk about all this fun stuff again. Um, yeah, because yeah, then it's it's almost more fun because once you get Yeezus, it's like College Dropout is a completely new album because he's still yeah, playing yeah. with the same materials, and you're like, oh, the chipped up vocals that he used for the chorus on Through the Wire became the pitched up Michael Jackson vocals on um, BYT. Oh God, what's that song? The Glory. Uh, BYT, I think. Or no, what's the one with uh, T Pain from Good Life? Good Life. Um, Good life. Uh, what's it called? Everything? No, nah, not. Uh, sorry, can I look it up real quick? I know what you're talking about, and I can't. Good remember life. Either. Good life. Good life. Yeah, yes. right. yeah. That's right. I, uh, I dropped yeah. out. I think. I uh, I was saying good life. It's good life. It's PYT, and it's good oh, life. And nobody really? was responding. I was like, what's going no, on? No, you and did. Then, Skype cut out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Always do it this time. I go for mine. I cast a shine. Now throw your hands up, man. Hey, Quick editorial note. Um, a sound wave produced Mad City. And right, um, okay. let's see, THC produced it as well. So yeah. yeah, they usually work together. Um, but they're uh yeah, and anyway, after Good Life, as Steven was trying to tell us and <laughs> Skype would not let him uh, Skype was censoring was, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was happening again, actually. Uh, but then the voices, you know, then those voices get pitched up for Blood on the Leaves. So, you know, I listened to College Dropout for the first time in a while the other day. And just following its high points, uh, the skits, I would really love a Kanye album with skits again. How about you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was yeah, fun. Yeah. <laughs> there was some classic stuff in there. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Even the late registration ones. Um, you know, uh, well, those, broke, flat those broke. two record yeah. were, records were so closely um, connected. Connected, you know? yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, because he just had so much material, man. I was because what I was blown away. You know, you're expected after people get their breakthrough debut album, dude. They tour for two or three years. <laughs> yeah. Then the sophomore album, you create it and then you ditch it because you're such a perfectionist. Uh, and then you come out with another one. So when he dropped that, probably. Just over a year after yeah. College Dropout yeah. came out, right. I was like shocked more than anything else. Because, um, you know, people don't do that. Um, you I feel know, like late registration the, uh, is Kanye's most single heavy record. Oh, it's all. It, it's, like, it's, all it's one of my yeah. favorite records in terms of songs on there, and it's one of my least favorite Kanye records in terms of album. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, because yeah. it doesn't have like that flow that College Dropout does. No, yeah, like you're just, still you're, all the songs yeah. are just amazing, but but it doesn't have this cohesive feel. Yeah, because I mean, think about the second half of the album. You know, like usually you put the dance ones, you put the fun ones towards the start, but like at the end of that album, uh, at least on the bonus cut, you're still getting late. You're still getting Dear Mama. Uh, you're getting that song with Brandy on it. Um, oh, yeah. uh, I think, I guess, I guess crack music is in the first half. But it's even like We Major, yeah. yeah, even like We Major, man, like these are all still super, uh, I don't want to say poppy because that sounds, that comes with a built-in negative connotation. Well, we Major is like, what catchy, I wanted yeah. the Nasir album yeah, to be. Yeah, catchy, just, catchy, that's better, that's better. We Major is just exactly what I wanted Nasir to be. Just like Kanye yeah. and Nas, just like 
creating classics and then and then i wanted them to do like a college dropout too man or like a ailmatic too kanye should have just been like all right this is nas he's 50 years old now he just wants the boom bap shit i'm gonna give it to him we're gonna cut this like dj primo and we're gonna blow everyone in new york's mind uh <laughs> but yeah it was not to be unfortunately because even the p diddy you know one of the things i talk about in the yeezus book is how kanye treats his guest features which mm. he al- he always gets more out of them whether it's you know chief keith oh, rick really ross pr- is so amazing yeah. on every kanye feature he's done yeah sure. exactly he should only do kanye he should be like pusher t man only do kanye shit um <laughs> But, yeah, so one of those was um, uh, P. Diddy. Like, what is Diddy doing on that song, man? Or on the on the track. Not that it's great, but, like, what they gave him was just not enough for him to really make pop. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm. So at that point, like, you cut it or get someone else to do it. It right? wasn't on the, him- on the first listen, right? On the first uh, live stream, as far as I've heard oh, that. Oh, wasn't it? I don't oh, think the okay. Diddy feature wasn't on there yet. Oh, okay. It was. Cause, cause, uh, I mean, it was added that day. Still, like the day of release. Yeah. I th- I'm. I'm not exactly sure if this is true, but that's oh, how okay. I remember it. Yeah. I mean, just because, um, like, think about how he did. You know, so if Kanye's gonna bring in like an OG, like Diddy, I, I would have rather it happen like Yizit, uh, RZA did on Ridiculous. Like, just put <laughs> yeah. him in the booth and tell him to go crazy, man. So, like, you know, because RZA comes with that same stilted, <laughs> monotone, Ridiculous. Oh, uh, man, I remember. Yeah. That there's this, yeah. I think it was, yeah, RZA. Um, he went into the booth and they gave him the, and they played him the song. And they said, tell me he f- yeah. and he's like, um, uh, dirty white bitches. And they're like, no, 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 no. It's 30 white bitches. He's like, oh, okay, exactly. okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and that's you just gotta let the ogs like kind of be who they are you know the legends uh and so i would have you know diddy is awesome at intros and outros ad-libbed so like just dude give him a freaking like five minute outro where you just loop the beat and uh yeah so i don't know like that just is all of a piece with it i guess but then again you know most deaf's appearance on kids see ghosts mm. uh the, the title track yeah yeah that was because re- i was amazed was because great, actually yeah. I wrote a uh, I wrote a paper for a black studies class I took on 20th century black intellectuals, um, you know, Marxists and communists and stuff. And my final paper was about most deaf's interaction with those, you know. So like when he used a world passport in South Africa, that wasn't him being crazy. It was him saying that uh, everyone should be, you know, one citizenry. Mm -hmm one group of workers and laborers working together without capitalism yeah and so you know but then he released what 99 uh no december 99 um that that album which you know got universally panned and killed and shredded uh but then kanye made that whole style work by just letting most deaf be most deaf and be like hey man if you just want to sing and you don't really want to rhyme and you want to talk politics because this is your thing now so you're gonna say stuff like society without civilization and stuff like that (laughs) like yeah man go for it and it did really fit with kid cuddy's uh more laid back style um, I was a little surprised by how hard Kitty came at some point, uh, excuse me, Kid Cudi came at some points, uh, you know, really trying to put down like hard bars and stuff like that, yeah, which I thought worked real. pretty well, but no, no, yeah, that's definitely that. And the one where they just get the, um, Jamaican toaster 
to uh go like blah blah all the time yeah, and then yeah, the, yeah. The, the the beat the beat actually follows the voice mm-hmm. instead of the voice following the beat uh you know and they've got triplets across the uh quarter beat in there and stuff like that that's like that solo could have gone on for three more minutes man i've never been a cuddy fan really like ever mm-hmm. and even even i was like damn this is really good on kids he goes like this is really really good like there's some stuff yeah. he did that I was like legitimately. He's still super. I can't stand his like moany singing. But <laughs> that's the whole point. It's yeah. very much in acquired say, well, part taste. of it is not. There's nothing moody. better than Kid Cudi when he starts doing the moaning, like the yeah. humming. Like when he starts humming. Oh, I love it on on uh, uh what's he on late or no? God, is he on no? What's he? There's an organ in it. He gets in on 808s. Yeah, but it, I think it's a Good Friday track, I guess, then. Oh, yeah. Uh, Where he just, hum- he basically, he literally hums the synth riff. And you're Christian just sort of Dior, like. Uh, Christian Dior Denim Flow, is that is that the one? Uh, Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> he um, was on a couple, so <laughs> might be a different yeah. one. I, yeah. Well, well, but his thing is like, I don't know if that can carry a song, but it can definitely make an album pop, you know? Yeah. So I think Cud- Cuddy's thing of showing up on other people's stuff is also like the go-to should be the go-to move for him. Although I did like Man on the Moon a lot. Um, oh yeah, his first his first two yeah. records, I guess, and his yeah. mixtapes were good, really good. Yeah. Um, he went he to was, some yeah. weird places with his <laughs> uh, after those In projects, between, but yeah, like, I mean, there's there's not a single Kid Cudi Kanye collaboration that isn't just great on Kanye's albums, at least from. On anyway. uh, from like welcome to heartbreak to uh gorgeous yeah. to you know father oh, all of them. Uh, stretch my hands um what is it part two then or is it part one yeah part two yeah and now like the the whole freaking kidsy ghost album just yeah i mean i i was almost just as happy to hear the music as i was to find out that they were like friends again you know what i'm saying because they were so clearly so close to do that much work together just like thinking with one mind and then you know that kid cuddy is great at writing facebook posts uh (laughs) if i could just throw that in there just so heartfelt and vulnerable which you know which is why people like his music but yeah you could tell that he really felt hurt from some of these dudes because i actually don't think kid cuddy gets the credit that he deserves for taking rap not single-handedly but in the direction that it's gone over the past 10 years because i mean how many people know kanye's name and how many people know kid cuddy's name and I really think Cuddy should be remembered with Kanye, uh, with, well, early Jay-Z. Uh, but, like, all those dudes, he should, like, make that jump to the next level. Kendrick uh, and Drake. I've never really heard you talk about Jay-Z, I think, Martin. How would you rank him? Yeah. Um, that's an interesting Is that, like, a top ten talk. for you? As a rapper? Yeah. Uh, oh, wow, wow. Based on rapping skill alone. Right, yeah, well, you, you, can, you can set the parameters, but okay, okay, yeah. I mean, if we're going off only rapping skill alone, not influence, not uh, musical influence, not effect on the business side of the industry, and not even you know sales and popularity, because mm-hmm. I do take that into account. Um, I would say he probably is number 10 maybe number 11 um because he just didn't you know because i do i do maybe i shouldn't but sometimes i do assess 
artists based on who they are as people. And not that Jay-Z is a good guy, but those lines on Moment of Clarity just like hollowed out his discography for me. I Like for you to get on a track and say that you rap dumb because that's what people buy. That's like, yo, Post Malone, Post Malone, I will, after today, my goal is to for that name to never cross my lips on your show again <laughs> because you cannot be a rapper. Look, if you want to be Lil Yachty and be like, I'm not a rapper, that's cool, okay? Because I think that's true. You know, your business is influencing and going viral and making money, which I'm not hating on, again, to be clear. And if you want to be Childish Gambino and say, I'm not a rapper because it's, you know, because you're a comedian and you think that's funny, and if, you know, so whatever... But for you to say that hip-hop is a bad genre with no emotional depth yeah, or whatever that's, that's while you're shit. taking people's money, it is unforgivable, man. Unforgivable. The thing with, with Post Malone is I don't even really see him as a hip-hop artist. I just see him kind of as like a pop artist. And through that, it's like he's, he's good. a pop, pop artist with like hip-hop producers. Yeah, it, it's, but it's, it puts him in a weird position then because yeah like he's still associated with that but then he's kind of dismissive of it at the same time he shouldn't have, it's like, he shouldn't have yeah. said that it's, it's like, weird people laid sort of the groundwork that someone like that could say that you know a rapper and plus the obvious thing is like but well, you're coming okay, at this because uh, Jay Z said I uh, dumbed down for my audience and tripled right. my dollars right that's what you're yeah, you're yeah, yeah. exactly so you know there's obviously degrees on this uh, uh, so you know but he does have great songs uh, like Jigga um, uh, and plus his selection of producers will teach any rapper how to pick beats, you know, cause think about his like family tree of producers to go from like DJ Primo to Timberland to ninth wonder Kanye. to Kanye to just, and then he even gets with hit boy, you know? So this is like going on 25 years of knowing the business. But again, like in pure rapping skill, obviously he's got nice stuff, uh, like 22 twos, uh, stuff that's right up there with anything you might want to throw out. But it's just like, look, if you are a fan of Jay Z, you're a fan of Jay Z and not, as much of Jay-Z's rap is how I would say it. So you go for his music video, you go for his stories, you go for his lyrics, you go for what he's done for the game. But like, I would much rather put on even, you know, Kendrick, Talib Kweli, um, dudes like that, you know, Gene Gray. Uh, if we're talking about strict mm. technical rapping ability. Uh, so yeah, yeah. It's just interesting. I, ran you just I, wonder, I, I yeah. rank him top three. He's either number two or number three for me. Yeah, I and, mean, and that you... is, but it, that is like just not even excluding sort of the overall picture. That's just looking at how he rapped on Reasonable Doubt, which I feel like mm -hmm. I've never heard somebody. Um, well, maybe except for there's a few rappers out there, and Eminem is one of them, and Jay Z is another one, where they can make me forget that I'm listening to somebody rap. Some, and like, it seems like they're just talking to you. It seems like they're just having a conversation with you, with the listener. But then when you break it down, there's like so many clever things going on in yeah. those rhymes, right? There's complex rhymes. Flow-wise, there's really interesting stuff going on. And I feel like... Mm -hmm. And then storytelling-wise, he's one of the greatest people ever. In, in um, we like 
like you've got the guys like Slick Rick and then Nas to a certain mm-hmm. extent and Snoop Dogg and Eminem and then Jay Z is one of yeah. those for me. So yeah, um, I put Kanye in there too. Yeah, does he still really uh, tell uh, stories? Do you mean anymore? like story like, stories? Do you mean like story stories? Yeah, or do you like, mean just like narrative? Oh, well, okay. Like really yeah, that's a little different. Yeah, in a song. Yeah, with characters and shit. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because yeah, because I think you said Tupac. Because obviously he would be in there too. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. With Brenda. The, Brenda's um, got a baby. Stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. No, but again, I think this is the difference. So I'll be interested to know where Zach falls between me and you, Steve, <laughs> because obviously I'm all like a music guy, right? I'm all about the rhythm. I'm about uh, the pitch, how they use their voice, the structure of their song, yeah. and you know, so I really don't pay attention much to puns. Um, you know, a good story still goes a long way for me. But, um, you know, so obviously Jay-Z yeah, is You take everything into ace. account, but your sort of yeah. ranking of, of yeah, what is exactly. most important so, is different. Yeah, Yeah. so where do you fall in that, Zach? Okay, it's where, with, with Jay-Z, like, he's kind of the reason why I got into hip-hop in the first place. Because when, when I was in, okay, so story time. When I was in high school, <laughs> yeah. like, our, we, we just, like, um, the local library that we had, like, there were, like, Reopened and it was like this brand new library with like a bunch of like yeah. new books and media and then they had a whole section of like CDs. Remember CDs? Whoa! But um, and they had like a pretty good hip hop section in the cities, which is weird. Like in the middle of like it was is mostly like country stuff, but like they had a pretty good uh, section of yeah. like new hip hop and pop CDs and stuff. And I, you know, at that point, I, like I had basic appreciation of certain hip-hop like mm-hmm. i liked like run dmc and stuff because they were because mm-hmm. yeah. like i was really like when i was like 15 or 16 i was like all like into classic rock you know and the beatles and stuff yeah mm-hmm. but, um, uh, walk this way oh yeah, yeah um but then that was so this was like 2008 and like no it was 2008 2009 and the only i, I wanted to get something hip-hop but i didn't like know anything about that so uh, I grabbed yeah. the two hip hop CDs that I saw first, which was uh, Blueprint Three, Jay Z, uh-huh. and then uh, <laughs> the Roots, the Roots. Oh, how I which one? Uh, how I, I got, got over? over? Yeah, really? how I got over. Like okay, so, those wait. had just come out or in the that year or something. Yeah, yeah. And those like changed my life, and that's why I'm here today. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, wait. So was that the first time you started listening to hip hop? Pretty much. Like oh, okay, okay. Like on a regular basis. Yeah. I mean, you know. Like, no, yeah, you t- you talk about it. And it was weird, I, I assume like like you had grown up with it. Well, not exactly, and, and like I was sort of like a passing fan until that point. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my god! Okay, but, right. Um, then you hit it, mm. yeah. And then, um, but like when I listened to Blueprint Three, like Death of Auto Tune, I was like, because at that point it was like the little you know Lil Wayne, Soldier Boy, yeah. and T Pain, yeah. like those were the the names of which I just you know my 15 year old mind couldn't stand so like when yeah, Jay Z yeah. was like Death of Auto Tune was like yeah fuck yeah fuck you Soldier Boy yeah, and Team Pain yeah this is real hip hop and I just thought it was like yeah. awesome that yeah. he was like going for that and then you know how I got over like when I heard the roots beat, though oh my god yeah yeah like no ID yeah 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 do a DOA oh and then that's no idea okay yeah it's no idea I think I thought it was Kanye but but then, I, yeah, I was involved with the concept, but I'm pretty sure he says no ID on the track. Let the story oh, begin, right? Okay, yeah. Because I thought that was sort of part of the irony is that, you know, then Kanye, 
had, I guess Kanye had just done 808s. Um, but then, you know, then Kanye goes back to it time and again. They always said Kanye was kind of cool with dark. it, but I, I can't imagine that you drop no, a it, record. No, it is no idea. It is no idea. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like if you yeah. drop a record, 808s and Heartbreak, like in the in the fall or in the winter of uh, yeah. 20, 2008, and then in 2009, the summer, and like half a year later, Jay-Z comes out with Death of Autotune. Then it would be on 808s, beef, and man. even though 808s and Heartbreak is exclusively autotune i feel yeah. like that had to hurt him a little bit <laughs> you know what yeah I mean? yeah but again oh, yeah. i think that's like that's definitely a misunderstanding of how rappers today use autotune because they don't use autotune they play autotune yeah so <laughs> it, it all comes down to how you use your voice and how you know the plugin will respond to it because young thugs rap literally makes no sense without autotune uh <laughs> yeah. it, it just it shrieks and yells but you know he uses it to put uh, a melody on and i also don't know if people appreciate just how many forms and varieties autotune can come in mm -hmm. uh you know unless you've actually seen the plugin and worked with it and you know you can set the response time you can set because the thing is you can set any key it doesn't have to be major minor so you could do crazy stuff ones you make up you could do octatonic whole tone um so i'm not saying those dudes have done it but young thug definitely knows how to play it there's this, is, uh, there's so, yeah. this video of T-Pain, and he's saying that um, there's essentially, I mean, there's a bunch of ways, but essentially mm -hmm. there's two ways of using autotune. He's of the school of thought um, that you should always record with autotune on, right? So when you record, you already have right. the, the effect on, so you can hear... Or you could do it after. Right. Um, so you already perform your song and, and, and sort of the monitor feedback on your headphones mm. is uh, is already auto-tuned, right? And then he says, mm. Kanye, guys like Kanye, they sing off-key, and then, and then they, they slap it. the auto-tune on. And uh, T-Pain is like, that's not what he does. And he, he says that's sort of the wrong way of doing uh, it. See, but again, I think he's misunderstanding it. Because what he does is uh, how other people use it. Because uh, what he does actually is he uses auto-tune to create these huge, gigantic choirs of beautiful yeah. polyphonic chords. So everyone right here, right now, go listen to Long Lap Dance by T-Pain <laughs> and it, it's literally a five minute lap dance song designed to be played in Atlanta strip clubs but beyond that the number of times he puts a small riff in with his voice changes a note here adds in a little lick there yeah. with auto-tune it really is like this choral effect that is just so huge and yeah. atmospheric yeah. it's amazing so, yes but, but Kanye Kanye is not that bad a singer I mean I've had it so many times where I'm like, who's singing? Is that John Legend? Is that uh, Ty Dollar Sign? And no, it's Kanye. Because, I mean, everyone can sing, man. It might just not be, it might not sound as good as someone else, but you can be on key. And Kanye sings on key. So I wouldn't even call that I think Kanye has a limited pitch. He has a certain, uh, certain, his range where he's accurate. There is a range of frequencies where he's accurate. Yeah. Like Hey Mama is a like he's he's doing pretty well on there, right? And there's mm -hmm. other songs where he doesn't use autotune, but when he gets into higher uh higher frequency range, oh, definitely. Like that's where he loses or, control and that's yeah. where he needs autotune if you want it, like for whatever that means, but yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, because there's one song on the Nazir album, I think, where he sings at the start, and it's not auto-tuned. No, uh, it might be that one. Yeah. But, but it sounds, you know, it's not like, I don't know if it would be Kanye if he started out singing the whole time, trying to be an R&B singer more in the vein of Chris Brown or someone, no. but like... Can he sing better? Do I want to hear him sing more than most other people in, in R&B? Like, yeah. Um, sure. So, again, like, you don't have to draw these lines between right way to use it, wrong way to use it. Because uh, a lot goes in. And plus, everything is so heavily produced and um, put through a cleaner today, you know, to make it perfect that, like, a lot of people are doing that. You Man, know? Melodyne and, like, just. Exactly. Yeah. It's scary how powerful they are. Yeah, yeah for real. Um, but yeah, I would say going back to Jay Z, um, he's he has oh, yeah. to be like in my top five, and he's always going to be because <laughs> he's literally why I got into this in the yeah. first place. Yeah. So like, well, it's funny because yeah. once I did that, once I did that, I was like, I think he mentioned Nas or something because I went to I listened to the first Blueprint album, and I was like, Nas, wait, what's going on with Nas? Oh, there's yeah, this whole and beef, and then, the Ether, and then I listened to Ether, and then I listened to Omatic, and then you know, yeah. yeah. That's funny. Down My, the uh, yeah. And then once I finally yeah, got yeah. to, it was Public Enemy. When I, right. Once I finally got to Public Enemy's discography, I'm like, I just want to do this forever. Like, I just don't ever, like, this <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. like, life-changing. Like, when I first heard Bring the Noise, I was like, you know. Yeah, that is, because uh, I listened to that album. What's the one that starts off with the sample from Flash, that Terminator X is mixing? Is that, that's not Bring the Noise. It might be... Takes a nation of uh, takes a planet of millions to hold us back. Takes, takes a, a nation, nation of millions. millions. Yeah, it takes it. Yeah, yeah. I think when I heard that one, it's just such <laughs> a fear of a black awesome, planet. Is the other one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it nation is just such an awesome assault on your ears of like in a good way of like samples oh, yeah. you didn't even think, and it's sort of a shame that songs can't get made like that anymore. Because uh, I remember Zach's awesome graph of samples on B Boy Bulabes, um by the Beastie Boys, you know, and they've got twenty five samples from people as popular and litigious as the Beatles and Jimi Hendrix, and yeah, you know, like you couldn't make any of the Public Enemy discography today if you wanted to make any money. You're probably just gonna make it. Uh, <laughs> and full stop but um i don't know where we're going with this conversation it's going sort of all over the place but it's constantly yeah. been kanye themed uh i like that i think it's oh definitely the title's yeah. got to be kanye so the artwork's got to be something how i learned how i learned <laughs> how i learned to stop worrying and love kanye yeah <laughs> i like that that's uh good. that's good but yeah yeah, yeah. so do you want to do introduce nigel or do you want to do that when he shows up yeah, no, actually, that would okay. that would be good. Um, yeah, so as as I'm assuming our listeners know, um, Kick Knowledge is part of RapAnalysis.com, right? Uh, Martin's site that we've um, uh, been very lucky to yeah, we've been very lucky to join the Rap Analysis team, really. Uh, and recently, we um, we acquired. Um, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, an intern. That's right, yep. Uh, yeah, Nigel yes. Tellman, man. And he went to Columbia, so you know he's goddamn smart, right? As soon as I saw that, I was like, yeah, man, sign him up. But no, yeah, he's a great uh, a great guy, a rising sophomore at Columbia. Uh, he actually got in touch with me is how this all came about and sort of, you know, made mm. the position for himself. And I was like, well, if you want to get with this, like, that all sounds great to me because he – 
Yeah, yeah. And, you know, because that's really so important is just that enthusiasm and love of it. And he's just been a huge asset to um, our site and to your podcast soon when he comes on, uh, you know, and nothing less uh, than. Yeah, we're excited. Definitely. Because he just he he just got this really, really incisive, interesting viewpoint. First off, you know, it is true. Generations are only about five years long now. And so he's in the next generation. Uh, And so he's got really interesting thoughts on X. You know, he wrote this great paper for one of his classes at Columbia that he sent me about X and his freestyle on double XL because, you know, everyone did their thing. They boasted, they bragged, but then X got on and um, took a knee, cut the beat, and then wrapped like this super dark, depressing thing about how he was the yeah. devil. Uh, you know, normal X stuff. Um, but he, he, so it was really awesome. And now he's just been killing these, uh, your read, our readers and listeners request to be, uh, you know, Boys in the Hood, he did, uh, Mama, he did, um, an Easy E song, and just really great stuff. I mean, I told him he, cool, cool. yeah, awesome. I told him he compressed about, the 10 years it took for me to learn how to write well into like four weeks. Uh, Cause he, he, he's just been banging them out. It's really great. So he's on our staff page now along with you guys. Uh, so yeah, we hope we really mm-hmm. hope um, he decides to stay with us and stick with us. And maybe just maybe I can talk him into at least a jazz studies minor at Columbia. Uh, Cause he's definitely someone who hip hop scholarship and rap scholarship uh, could benefit from from their viewpoint because the other thing he brings is he sort of connects the socio- sociology with uh, the music and you would have seen that if you're on the rapanalysis.com newsletter which we got like three or four emails about within an hour once he wrote it um, you know on both sides agree and disagree so yeah I'm just so excited yeah I saw yeah. some stuff on Twitter exactly as well. yeah, yeah it was just because yeah, he wrote about how Kendrick Lamar – it was a really awesome title too. Kendrick Lamar doesn't deserve the Pulitzer. And you think like, oh, he's going to say how rap isn't real music. But actually he was saying like he's too good for it uh, almost. So yeah. <laughs> and I, I want to get into that, but I, I want to – We'll say that for him. We'll get him on the the show. Uh, So yeah, nitty gritty. He'll be around. Don't be surprised when you hear his name. Plus, he's a you know he's a bassist, uh, and so he uh, just bringing more musical knowledge. Yeah, man, we got to get some more linguists in here, Steve. Yeah, balance it out a little bit. uh, That's a good idea. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know that show community. Um, In the first episode, there's like every time I hear somebody use. Uh, from Colombia, there's a the what's the Joel McHale character I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, wait, I thought you had a bachelor's from Colombia, and he's like, yeah, and I have to get one from America. It's like my favorite, <laughs> no, that, <laughs> favorite joke. <laughs> yeah, that is a good. One. Yeah, uh, it's good. Stupid. Yeah, it's so funny, like that he's uh, not funny, haha, but like that he's childish now because I saw this is America and. I didn't know he like had that kind of artistic vision in him, yeah. you know, because you hear that the first few mixtapes and they're good, but he really is like a comedian, which is perfect training for being a certain kind of rapper. But I didn't think it would turn into um, he's transcended yeah. every expectation I had of yeah of him yeah of, of Donald Glover yeah, um, but hey, it's it's all about the birthday, man. It's September twenty fifth. That's Will Smith's birthday. Uh, That's uh, Charles Gambino's birthday. Okay. And it's, 
Coincidentally, it's my birthday, uh, so hey. Okay, yeah, that line from Acid Rap makes more sense. I couldn't, I couldn't tell if he was just making fun of himself, but he's like this Will Smith spit real shit. But no, that makes more sense now. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so it's it's great to have Nigel on the team. As you already sort of teased a little bit, we've got a bunch of cool interviews lined up. Or at least, um, well, we still have to schedule some of them, but we've got a, a bunch of uh, confirmations of people that want to get on the on the show. So, um, yeah, like I said, season two is really starting to look very cool for uh, uh, kick knowledge and rap analysis, of course. So I guess that's, that's I have to sort of go. Yeah, me so, too. Me, me too <laughs> that's sort of our yeah. time for today. Is there uh, anything you still want to say, uh, Martin, before we uh, round this up? Buy the new book. By the but by the old yes. book yeah, and then by, by the Jesus. new book, yeah. Uh, yes, no, yeah, books. it's great. You can actually get a discount right now if you type in on site free shipping. Boom. On site, yeah. it's the code, the checkout code, kingshoppress.com. Okay, so Martin, uh, I know you have to go. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show again. We'd love to have you on. Uh, I guess next month, mm-hmm. if we want to do like a monthly. Yeah, that would right? be awesome. So, um, yeah, awesome. thanks for thanks for having um, me, guys. Just keep doing what you're doing. I'm getting awesome responses at the main. Rap analysis uh, mail inbox. So yeah, just please let's cool. do this again. Yes. All right. So All right. Um, yeah. If you like this, if you, you like know, this, um, subscribe, please. Yes, subscribe on iTunes, uh, Stitcher Radio, uh, and on uh, what is it? Mixcloud. Mixcloud. <laughs> you can always find our episodes on the website rapanalysis.com slash kickknowledge. Right. And yeah, we're and on, we're on we're all on... social media. Um, yeah. So make sure to follow us. Tell us what you think and uh, spread the word. And then um, we'll be back with our next episode, which is our super exciting episode 25. So um, number 25. Yeah, we're at number 25. We're at a quarter of 100, guys. Ooh. Yes. Almost, almost 24 right now. So, um, yeah, with that being said, peace out. Peace. Later. <laughs> Can I hit it? Yeah, you can't kick it. Can I hit it? Can I hit it?